The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Time now for TV and streaming with Joe Shea in our Cork studio at Republic of Work and Elaine Burke here with me in Dublin. Joe, here we go again with Netflix and The Crown. Apparently showing scenes of Princess Diana's mangled car in a recreation is a sick, according to some of the British tabloid press. Same as all the complaints about the last series, it seems. Yeah, it's the Mail Online, so let's not be so surprised. It's the outrage machine. And of course, the royals are just hot at the moment and they know the Mail knows they're going to get a lot of clicks if they do anything about the crown, if they do anything about Diana, if they do anything about Charles. So this story is apparently a source from the production company saying that the next season, the final season six of the crown, that they actually got a, a, a mock-up or a version of the Mercedes that they were travelling in the limo uh, on that night, um, Dodie and Diana and the, the bodyguard and the driver. And they brought it to France in a mangled state, and they're going to do what you know apparently could be pretty graphic scenes of um, the, uh, the, the 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 crashed car. But they're not now, recreating the crash, though. No, they're not. Uh, there's no suggestion that they are, and it actually reminds me of a lot of that famous Private Eye magazine cover. Um, well, all the you know back when Diana was killed, and the the, the cover of the Private Eye magazine was um, a crowd outside the the palace. You know, the, all the crowd that gathered to mourn, and one person saying the paper under the headline "The Media Are a Disgrace." Uh, some the media is to blame. One person says, "Oh, the papers are a disgrace." Another person, speech bubble, says, "Yeah, I couldn't find a copy anywhere." And somebody else says, "Borrow mine. It's got a picture of the car." You know, so it, it's not as if we haven't seen pictures of the car. It's not as if we don't know what happened that night, and it's not as if people are absolutely, you know, were obsessed at the time with the sort of the gore and everything that went on or the, you know, the, 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 the dramatic side of things of, all, of what happened. And, you know, it's not going to put anybody off of watching it. It's just the Crown gets clicks and the and Mail Online knows that. Yeah, indeed. And I suggest, Elaine, that perhaps it's going to actually encourage more people to write and watch it. Yeah, I mean, this this is part of the story that kind of, this is the last series, this is the end of the story, really. So they deal with Diana's death, the post-divorce season, essentially what this one is going to be. And it actually shows a bit of Prince William at a young age and then an older age. So it's getting into his early relationship with Kate Middleton. So they need a hook to drag people into the show. It seems like they try to sidestep the kind of coverage they're getting from the Daily Mail by not actually showing the crash. They've said that they're not going to show the crash on scene, they're just going to show the wreckage afterwards. And the Daily Mail has obviously just decided, well, we'll just pick something to create outrage over. And they've had one unnamed friend of the royals saying William and Harry would be very upset by this. I mean, that's a lot of credit to the Crown to say that they'll even watch it. <laughs> and it's something that William and Harry will agree on for yeah. once. Um, yeah. Tell us, uh, Elaine, about something I didn't see, the um, Dancing with the Stars and uh, the winning of it. Yes, so Carol Mullen has taken the crown and I was watching this with a friend who from the get-go was saying Carol Mullen's going to win it because he's loved, he's very popular, he has a great fan base and true enough, that that was the case. Now he would say himself... So it's not a dancing competition. Well, he, like he would say himself he wasn't the best dancer uh, throughout the series, he wasn't the best dancer on the night. I mean, Suzanne Jackson and Brooks Gullion were two incredible dancers and on the night, Damien McGinty really delivered. So Carol was the fourth best dancer on the night but he does have a really good following and it is a phone-in vote situation. So the pop- popular contestant this who's going to win and he's like he did work hard he did get through to every round of, of the final so I mean he's not like he's undeserving but I think it sticks in people's cross sometimes that they think it's a dance contest but it's judged by popularity at the end of the day I wonder Joe will RT stick with it because apparently they took a week off of this year to save on production costs which are quite high but surely you would think that between sponsorship and the advertising revenue that comes in for 
primetime Sunday evening that this is exactly the type of programme RT is going to have to stick with. Yeah, they're, they're almost certainly going to have to stick with it because it's a guaranteed audience. And you're right, we talked about it last week. They can make enough money to make to, 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 to make it wash his face. They can actually make a profit out of it and they can definitely get, you know, their audience figures up. It's kind of, it's, you would see it coming back, although it was funny because I, I kind of watched on social media, so to speak. And I saw a lot of people who would normally be mad about Dancing with the Stars were giving out about it and saying, oh my God, it's like it's some sort of popularity contest or something because Carl Mullen won. I mean, as, you know, he did actually say I'm not the best technical dancer and people were upset about it but <clears throat> some people were upset about it but what what it showed again is that you know even though I didn't watch it and you didn't watch it it was we're very aware of what went on the whole way through the show because it's it does occupy a big big space in 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 Irish viewing public's minds and, and it is popular so it's almost certainly going to come back Okay, one that I'm looking forward to, which starts next Monday, is the return of Succession, season four. Let's hear just some of the trailer for it. Why does everyone ask how I'm feeling? I got done a huge deal. I got the election. I got a 10. I got plenty on my plate. He's on the floor, Tom. Explain what he's doing. He's moseying, terrifyingly moseying. It's like if Santa Claus was a hitman. We were cut out behind our backs. But there's a shape for things for us. We partner up with Sandy and Stewie, with Pierce. Death wrestling ogres. Excited to get into this knife fight? Let's blow it up. I'm not authorized to let you take off. It's Dad. You know, in Buddhism, sometimes your greatest tormentor can also be your most perceptive teacher. Mm -hmm. Hey, Buddha, nice Tom Ford's. There's a night of the long knives coming. I need a fire breather. Do I help with math? You really want me? I need you. Ah, yes, the appetite is whetted. What is actually, as well as one great drama, is actually possibly one of the funniest things on television. It is absolutely hilarious. The moment when Roman accidentally sexed his dad during a meeting is one of the cripplingly most funny things I have ever seen. Don't describe that on air, kids. We've young listeners, please. <laughs> I won't say what he sent, but it was a very embarrassing moment for poor Roman Roy, played by um, Kieran Culkin, who is just tremendous in his role, which is a very complex character. They're all these complex characters. I love them. I love to hate them. I can't wait to watch them all have a demise in this season, I hope. Because what is going to happen? Because it seems Brian Cox, who plays Logan Roy, has given certain hints, Joe. Yeah, it's he has. And one of the things that he's saying is that there's going to be a very... There's going to that he's going to find peace. That his character is going to find peace and get what Should he that needs. That could mean anything. Yeah, it could. <laughs> I could mean he massacres his entire family. To be honest. So it, it is, and, and I know you guys love it. And I got stalled uh, on season two, and it was kind of at a time when when stress levels are going through the roof. And I just found that it just was so stressful for me to watch. I'm actually going to go back now, and I'm going to try and get back into it again. And I'm going to try and get up pretty quickly to the point where I can watch the new season because the whole world tells me this is the best TV of recent years. So, I mean, I'm, I, I can't go against the tide anymore. I have, to, I have to get into it again. Okay, Elaine, for you and I, I think the best TV so far this year has been The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. 
Okay, now but don't, no spoilers, because I know there are people trying to catch <laughs> up with stuff. But what's this, a sort of a, sort of a quasi-bonus episode? Yeah, so it's a bit of a behind-the-scenes featurette, which I suppose is good for a, a show like this that has uh, such a fandom that's now been created for the TV show, but came in with a huge fandom from the game. Um, so there is a huge interest in the show, how it was made, how it was adapted for television from the video game. So there's a behind-the-scenes featurette. If you have a Joel and Ellie-shaped hole in your life uh, after the season ended, uh, you can watch that tonight on Sky Atlantic from 9 o'clock clock and um, just something to kind of tease out because it could be two years until that season two comes out they have said they're going to do a season two but it will take them a long time to film it and put it together that's a long wait um lance reddick uh, joe would have featured in an awful lot of good television in recent years between the wire and bosch in particular yeah, he was he was an ama- he's amazing actor, and it's very sad he died dying at the age of sixty as well, which you know pretty young. And um, absolutely, a, a very uh, a, uh, he was brilliant in the wire, uh, and and he was his character in the wire was incredible. You didn't know whether he was a good guy, a bad guy, whose side he was on. He, he kind of combined a sort of quiet, sort of almost elegance, but a kind of a menace as well. And and he did that in a lot of uh, the the best work that he was in. You know, um, I just thought he was. A great talent, and also you could tell by the by the by all of the tributes that were being paid to him. He seemed to have been an actor's actor as well. There was a lot of people who worked with him, saying that he, he just made everything that he was in better. And I can't think of him ever being in a bad role. Okay, now we have picks of the week coming, but before we get to that, you each want to talk about something, and you want to talk about the return of Yellow Jackets, Elaine. Yes, so uh, there's lots of good stuff coming back now. It's a great time. And Yellow Jackets was a bit of a surprise hit of 2021. Uh, it wasn't really talked about in advance. It was when it came out, people started watching it and getting really caught up in this story of this uh, teenage girls soccer team that gets uh, like lost in the northern woods and somewhere in North America. And um, they survive for 19 months completely abandoned there somehow and you're flashing back from the present day to that time and you're learning how they survived because they don't talk about that too much in the present day because some shady things clearly happened. Um, so it's back, it's got an amazing cast, Christina Ricci, um, Juliette Lewis, Melanie Linsky and Tony Cypress in the lead and Elijah Wood is going to be in the new season and I think he's going to be a great match to Christina Ricci's Misty. So it's great to see these two Sorry, old child actors. Is this a female Lord of the Flies? Essentially, yes. <laughs> Which is, is such a good spin on it as well, though, because you, you don't really know what's happening. There's kind of a supernatural element hinted at, but not quite explained. Hopefully season two is going to explain some of that stuff in it. And uh, Elijah Wood is playing this kind of citizen detective, which is something of what Misty's character was. So I think they're going to play off each other a whole lot in the new season. And it's already getting rave reviews from the critics who've seen it ahead of time. So it's definitely worth the look. Joe, there's a documentary on Thursday Night in RT that you're interested in. What is it and why? Yeah, it's on 10.15 on Thursday night. It's called In the Name of the Sun. And it's a lady, a woman from Dingle in Kerry called Mags O'Reardon. And in the early noughties, her son, Billy, was travelling in Malawi and um, and died, uh, tragically. And she kind of got to know, she went there herself and she kind of had to see the, the area that he died in. She kind of was struck by the fact that they had very, very little healthcare, if, if any kind of healthcare at all. And she set up a, a project called Billy's Malawi Project, which was to honour her son and started funding uh, a kind of a local clinic and hospital. And since 2004, she's continued that work on and made a huge difference in in the in the, the community over there, so I think you know it's 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 a great it's an, an amazing story about a, a, a an amazing woman, and I think it's re- going to be well worth catching. It's called In the Name of the Sun Thursday, ten fifteen RT one. 
Elaine, what's your pick of the week, please? Uh, mine is another show that's coming back after a hiatus because of the pandemic, uh, Race Across the World. They couldn't travel during the pandemic, so it was put on hold. And this show puts teams of two uh, in a race to get acro- in this uh, series across Canada. No smartphones, a tight budget of money, no internet access allowed. So they have to figure things out kind of, you know, old school. And it's it's a really great show to watch. And if you're into travel with a bit of competition combined, it's really interesting. OK, and what's your pick of the week, Joe? Uh, I really like the BBC, the recent BBC drama series about the Brinks Matt Bullion heist. Um, you know, it's uh, in the the early eighties, um, and there's tonight. It's true crime. This is the the gold, the inside story. BBC One tonight at nine pm, and this is basically the true crime story of what happened: the biggest gold robbery of all time, a hundred million in sterling at today's prices. Um, it happened in 1983. They're talking to the, the legendary uh, head of the uh, detective uh, section that actually eventually caught the guys after a long, long search. And it's a story about London in the 80s and a story about Thatcherism. It's a story about greed and gold and criminals. And it's, it's great. Thank you very much for that, Joe O'Shea and Elaine Burke. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.